Hello and welcome to the Leadership Podcast and our second Leadership Lessons episode where Ed and I look back on the previous interview and take some of your thoughts and questions. This week, we heard from Dr. Kate Middleton, a psychologist and a Christian leader who talked to us about the differences between being a clinician and a church leader and the challenges and opportunities related to that. And I found some of the greyness of the church space at first really challenging and then increasingly really interesting and then moving into something really exciting. Because as a clinician, everything's very black and white. You know, if you come to see me as a clinician, I am very clearly your clinician. I don't share of myself. You, you share of yourself to me. And it's a very boundaried space. You're not going to walk into me at your mutual friend's, you know, 40th birthday party, or you're not going to find me preaching at the next service or leading your prayer meeting or anything like that. In church, the boundaries are completely messed up. All of those things are possible. And so, you know, I would find things like my, my daughter, who, who, of course, um, I have a son now as well, who's um, nine. Um, they've grown up in the church, which I didn't. And that that was a crazy journey, too, because people I was working with, their kids would invite my kids to come to birthday parties. This would never happen as a clinical psychologist or a secular psychologist. And so at first I, I did find that really quite hard. But I have become really excited by the potential and possibility of it. And, and I think we have to be wise. It's one of the reasons why leadership in the church can be such a challenging space for us, particularly in terms of our energy, our wellness, our sort of emotional stability, our identity and our understanding of ourselves. Because where that blurring happens, generally it's us giving out to other people who carry the weight and the demand of it but for those people handled well it can be absolutely incredible and I've seen people thrive and become well and overcome things in church spaces that they would never have been able to do without the blurring of that boundary without knowing that they're loved and cared for not just as patients in a clinical relationship but as something more and that 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 elusive sense of church family you know what do we mean by that but, but the ability to be part of a bigger community who really does care for you and want the best for you and dream and pray the best into your life. That, that's amazing. Sim, as you said on that interview, Kate touches on such an interesting point here. Those boundaries between church and friends or job and socialising. Anyone who leads a church or, or maybe even a school or Christian business um, you know, comes into contact with that. As a church leader, that's something you must have come across all the time. And we've got a question on this in from Fraser Norbury, who writes to us from Papua New Guinea. It's great to have people all over the world listening to this. But how do you manage that tension between leading, in your case, a church and the people in it, but who are also your friends? And, and can you give us some examples of how it's worked well? Absolutely. I, I think this is one of the most challenging things as a church leader to know how to get the relationships right. Um, I remember once I was sitting in our town centre ministers meeting. We have all the different church leaders meet together on a monthly basis. And this topic came up. And the, the view in the room was that you cannot be in relationship with people in your church community. They were absolutely clear. And they were like, no, that's not possible. And I was really quite surprised because I personally do believe in Christian community. And I do believe as leaders, we can be in relationship with those who are part of our church family, our church community. And as someone who carries a leadership role in, in my church, and I wear multiple hats, 
Um, so I think sometimes it's really helpful to sort of see the different hats I'm wearing and almost tell myself the different roles I've, I'm participating in. So, for instance, as a church leader, I am a, a CEO of a charity. I have responsibility for the well-being of staff, of our financial circumstances, and to report to make sure we're doing things legally and above board. But I'm also um, a spiritual guide. I'm meant to be giving people spiritual direction and saying, what is God saying? Where is God leading us? And then I'm also meant to be father of a family. We're a community. We're meant to be the family of God. And so how do I care for and pastorally support members of our church community? And those three different hats that many Christian leaders, churches will wear, sometimes what happens is we forget which hat we're wearing. That's what goes on. And that's where the tension can occur. And we sometimes forget. And there are times where I have to speak to my staff as a member of my staff team. We have to have some serious conversations and we have to sit down and say, actually, you know, it's, be, it's an appraisal time. And we need to have a look at some of the, the things that aren't really working as well as they could be. And that can be difficult. There are other times where the same member of staff will be round at my home and we'll be having a barbecue with their family and we're, we're friends. We're showing, you know, we're enjoying one another's company. But it's when we just misunderstand which mode are we in. Or if I'm in a, a trustee meeting and they're asking me about the next year's budget and I just respond by saying, well, I've prayed about it. It's all going to be OK. They will want to know, actually, you know, have you looked at the numbers and have we got a budget for the next year? So for me, this relationship between people and the role within the church is about understanding the different hats we wear. And when is the time, when is the moment to behave in different ways? And it is challenging and we will get this wrong. But where there is community, hope there's enough trust, enough relationship to give grace to one another that's really interesting i am um, yeah personally I, I always find it obviously not as a church leader but as a member of a church sometimes you know i had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to um offer to my church leaders to go to wimbledon together just as friends right um but but i couldn't get through to him on the phone to give him that offer so i just sent him a text message saying can you call me and he eventually called me and there was that sort of unsaid question of is this a pastoral issue? Is it? Uh, and so I always, I'm always conscious of that when when speaking to to my own church leader about it. And I've had the same thing in in business as, as well. Um, so yeah, have you got any tips of how to get clarity, or is it just one of those things you have to deal with? It is one of those things, but but as someone's been on the receiving end of that sort of conversation, it's always really helpful when someone's really clear and upfront. Because sometimes it's a bit like being called to the headmaster's office. When I say to someone, can I see you? They think they're in trouble because they assume that I'm sitting there with my church leader hat on when actually I'm sitting there with my, I'm part of the church family and I'd like to hang out with you. Do you want to come around for a meal? And, and so sometimes it's really good to be overt. So there, there is no, there's no issue. I would just love to come and hang out and that's okay. Or oh, I've got a spare ticket. Do you want to come along? You know, I don't want to talk to you about church. Can we say church conversations are off, off limits today and we're just going to enjoy being friends together. I, I think that's where I would be at personally. So to make it really overt, just make it really obvious. And so there's no miscommunication. Great. And then just going on from that a little bit, um, when it comes to sort of, you know, working at a church or being at a place where you're personally invested in as well. And this is definitely something that I've grappled with in the past. There's, there can be a tension there between, you know, if you work for a church, you're at work on a Sunday and, you know, where do you find your own time to worship and connect with God if, if you've already got part of your brain in, in work mode? Um, so how do you manage that personally as, as the leader? And what advice would you give for someone who maybe is a church leader or maybe just works for the church um, to maintain that, 
that gr- that's great spiritual connection alongside their work especially if it means keeping work mode on for for sunday services yeah this is really important i think for anyone who serves in the church community in any form whether you are a paid employee or whether you are serving by being part of the worship team or whether you're doing the technical staff you're doing the refreshments it's really important we have a place of encountering god for ourselves where we're worshiping god for who he is and sitting in his presence and I guess for me, it reminds me of the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10, where Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha's busy in the kitchen, running around, trying to fix everything and get everything ready. And it says in the Bible, she's distracted by this big meal she is creating. And sometimes those who work hard and serve hard at our church community, our church service, and this last season, the church tech people have been absolute legends of getting us all online and making it work properly. Um, and I know that sometimes people just enjoy worshiping God uh, can feel like they're just having they're enjoying the luxury while everyone else is running around them. But but Jesus made it really clear that that he said to, to Martha, you know, we mustn't worry over all the details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about that Mary discovered this and it will not be taken from her, that we need to be worshippers and servers. It's both. It isn't Jesus isn't saying that Mary is better than Martha. She just understood the priority. And you're absolutely right. You know, for those who serve in the church, who serve the church and make things work and running the kids work or getting things ready for a Sunday or running small groups, whatever it is we do, let's make sure we're also finding time just to sit in the presence of God, whether that means going for a walk, whether it means putting some music on, um, you know, whether that means just listening to a talk in isolation, uh, you know, whatever it means for you to find a place and going, actually, I want to sit down to read the word of God quietly. I have a, I have a place I sit every morning. I get up before the rest of the house does and I sit quietly and I ponder and I read scripture. And that is my time of worship in preparing myself for the day ahead when I will spend time giving out but it starts by me uh, kind of almost receiving from God first. So I would say it's both and that those who serve need to make sure we're worshipping as well. Yeah, that's um, that's great, isn't it? It means that you have to sort of prepare yourself and put in that that framework there. And it's something there about Kate talked about this, I think, as well, about being proactive in your well-being. Yes, I love that image she used. Um, she used this image. Do you remember about the beach ball holding it under the water? Uh, do you remember oh, yeah. that? And yeah. I just love that kind of idea. She was saying that, that as leaders, you know, our emotional well-being um, needs to be kind of almost managed. And she's like, if you hold a beach ball underwater and you, you suppress your emotions, you bottle your emotions, it's like holding that inflated ball under the water. And eventually, as we know it, it pops up and it will pop up somewhere we don't expect. It will come catch us by surprise and it'll probably have more force than we expect it to have. And I guess you know, having had that conversation and listened again to the conversation with Kate uh, recently, it just re- I realized that that was happening around me. There were certain conversations where the emotions were just a little bit stronger than I would expect them to be, where people, there were little cracks starting to appear in the kind of, the, you know, the community and not just our church, but other churches. And I was just hearing stories of strong emotions. I'm realizing how important it is that we need to look after our emotional well-being. And I know that for many people, we are tired and, and, and it's a bit like we've we've climbed up a mountain and we get to the top of the mountain. We think, great, you know, the pandemic has come to an end. We've we've got ourselves a way forward, Freedom Day and so forth. And then we get to the top of the mountain and then we realize there's another mountain ahead of us on the skyline. And it's almost endless and exhausting. And so this our concept of almost our, our bottling of our emotions, the importance of having conversation, of 
finding a friend to kind of talk this through with you. I personally was involved in a, in a situation recently. I just was feeling isolated. I was feeling like we've got some problems here we need to resolve. I need to have some conversation. Otherwise, it's just going to cause me uh, anxiety and, and worry and concern. And it's not going to be good for me. And so I messaged an experienced leader. And here's the funny thing. We've not even had the conversation yet. But the fact I messaged them and they came straight back and said, I'm more than happy to meet and talk this through, suddenly made me feel like, ah, oh, it's going to be okay. And the importance of having community and belonging. One of the reasons why we've done this podcast, Ed, is to say to leaders who maybe feel isolated, uh, whether you are a churches or leaders who are you know, involved in Christian community or just running your own business, we want to say we'd love you to find community, connect with our leaders, to pray with them, to have conversations with a safe person. We don't want emotions bursting up in the wrong way. We don't want the church to be damaged because we've had to hold on to our emotions uh, or bottle them up at the wrong time we want to look after ourselves and look after others you know i know as church pastors we're often desperate to look after others rather than ourselves the idea of self-care was almost seems a bit wrong um, and somehow we want to kind of make sure we're looking out for others but i know that if we want to stay healthy we have to look after ourselves sometimes before we look after the other person otherwise we become unhealthy and unhealthy people create unhealthy people have you got any final thoughts, Ed, before we wrap up our time together? Yeah, I think um, especially leading into this summer season, you know, the importance of rest and recovery you know, can't be overestimated. And um, yeah, just really want to encourage you to kind of, you know, especially you know when there's that beach ball that's been bubbling under the surface and, and we've been going at it for you know a year and a half or two years since we've had a proper holiday maybe now through pandemic and, and all that stuff you know this is the time where you can sort of release the pressure it's no longer you know an inflated beach ball trying to like burst out of the of the uh, of the surface and you can you can rest and recover both for yourself take some time away but also find that moment to sort of reconnect with god and and um, reset ready for you know coming back in, in september and um yeah i was i was actually listening to another podcast this morning on running my favorite topic second favorite topic after you know the leadership podcast of course um but uh yeah just talking about uh where you overreach or you overtrain and one of the really interesting moments that happens when you overreach is that you start to ha see some, imp what you could interpret as improvements to your heart rate after a certain amount of time of, of training. So if you train hard for say two or three weeks, at the end of that time, you might end up doing a hard workout, but your heart rate is low, lower than it would have been at the start of the, of the period of training. And you can easily interpret that as, I'm getting fitter or you know i'm ready to do more because my heart rate's not so high whereas in fact that's the early signs of you're doing too much and you need to recover at this point so don't let your heart rate get too high don't let that pressure build up and don't make that mistake of going oh you know i've adapted to this i can just take on more no you need to unplug and you need to to rest and recover and you know especially over this summer period let's let's try and do that this is great, Ed. I know that there will be people on our podcast listeners who love running and that will really relate to them. Others would rather sit on a beach and watch the beach ball bouncing so it will relate to them as well. So whatever you're doing this year, whether you're out running or you're enjoying that, that beach and, and slowing down experience, um, this has been a really helpful. And I want to encourage you, do go back and listen to the uh, episode with Kate. I thought it was so much gold in that conversation. Well, that's it for this episode of our Leaders Lessons. 
Thank you so much at home for listening and being part of the Leadership Podcast. Just a quick reminder, you can sign up for the Leaders Hub online where you'll find free resources, bonus content, and you can join our Facebook group to connect with other leaders. And you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You know how it works. Subscribe wherever you listen to our podcasts. Thank you so much.